What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. matters. The Supreme Court handed its momentous verdict about affirmative action in college admissions on June 29, 2023. To help us understand and guide students and parents about what it means for them, we are joined by Sean Kennedy, president of SACAC and the co-director of college counseling at Ravensport School in North Carolina. Maybe the best place for us to start is by giving us a quick overview of the Supreme Court verdict on the use of race in college admission decisions. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, um, you know, I think the most important thing, particularly for the students and parents and guardians and families who are listening to your podcast, is that um, simply because of this ruling, diversity and the interest in diversity among colleges and universities is not gone. Uh, yeah. Students, you know, of all racial, um, ethnic, and all identities are still very, very much valued by colleges and universities. Um, the, the Supreme Court decision simply altered significantly um, the way in which um, colleges and universities may approach how they engage and welcome and consider students um, of a variety of identities in the admission process. So I, I wanted to at least establish that because I, I think there's been um, so a great deal of concern among students that they may not be wanted anymore if they um, are from, you know, an underrepresented um, mm -hmm. um, racial group. So the, the, the key is just to, to consider that, you know, the, the focus of and the outcome of the court case was a fact that universities may not consider an applicant's racial status alone as a as one of the holistic admission factors um, in admissions to attempt to advance their the benefits of diversity um, in in their institution. Um, mm -hmm. So this, although Harvard and Chapel Hill were the um, you know were the universities involved in the lawsuits. Um, in the hearings that this is something that is the new law of the land and thus the ruling applies to all higher ed institutions. What was interesting is, is while the colleges cannot consider race alone, the majority opinion by Chief Justice Roberts um, mm -hmm. was clear, however, um, that, you know, in using his words, colleges may consider an applicant's discussion of how race has impacted his or her life. Right. Uh, and that, that was a really important qualification provided in that majority opinion. Um, and I'll get into that in just a little bit. What was interesting about the case and what I, I think is really important for anyone listening to understand is that the court did not address the applications of this in financial aid or scholarships. Um, yeah. They did not address outreach and recruitment programs, uh, mm -hmm. some of which may be aligned to diversity efforts. Uh, pipeline and pathways programs that colleges have established were not discussed yeah. um, or addressed. The data collection, 
um, and race-neutral strategies like considering socioeconomic status of, a, of an applicant. None of mm -hmm. those things were addressed. So while it was a significant ruling um, in its scope, um, there was a lot that was not addressed and a lot that colleges and universities will, um, you know, be, you know, have been and will be working on to attempt to try to um, create really diverse communities on their campuses. Particularly as it aligns to, inst you know, college and university missions and mission statements, uh, that if it's part of the university to welcome a diverse class of, of people from, you know, uh, its state or the world, then the pursuit of that diversity as it's, as it's um, codified in its, uh, in its mission statement is, is still, um, you know, is still permissible. Anyone that really has a, a, a strong interest uh, among our uh, college admissions and professional counseling posts, I really would um, want to highlight and elevate the work that the, that the folks at uh, the National Association for College Admission Counseling um, mm -hmm. and uh, particularly their partnership with Education Council um, and Art Coleman um, in Washington, D.C., uh, to provide really excellent analysis and advocacy on this topic. Um, mm -hmm. So, because I, I know that, that that's something that's been really important to uh, to me and to those of us that have been trying to follow this to try to make sense of it all. No, that's a, that's a great um, overview and summary, uh, Sean. So, Sean, how should college applicants be providing and filling out? the race-related information in college applications? Yeah. Uh, well, I think the most important thing to think about is that when, you know, because the students are, you know, the students are not, you know, they, I, had a, I had a contact from a, from a parent asking about would my, would a child be breaking the law if they disclosed their race? And it, it seemed, you know, it, it, was, it was odd that that was what they took away from, all of the national narrative around this, you know, right. but it's, it's also not hard to understand how someone might look at this and hear that, okay, it's against the law for colleges to, you know, consider race as a factor and that a parent or a student might look at and say, well, I don't want to break the law. The students are going to be able to provide that and the, the their desire to talk about their identity and, um, and how it's tied to experiences they've had, uh, skills they've developed, uh, personal qualities they have, their, their character, um, all of those things, often many of which are already things that students are writing about. That mm -hmm. is still something that colleges, based on some of the initial analysis, should be able to continue um, to write about and that colleges will be able to consider. So. You know, some examples, let's take, for instance, uh, if a student that, uh, um, who identifies, uh, you know, as, as black. Yeah. So that student, you know, the fact that that student is black and may check that box on the application, a college, um, based on the, the analysis, is, is not able to use that as, as a factor exclusively on its own. However, yeah. if the student chooses to discuss how that identity contributed to the founding of their black student union group at their high school and the leadership mm -hmm. they developed through that experience, that would be both permissible for the student to discuss in an, in, mm -hmm. in an essay 
and for the college to consider. There are, as you dig into the minutiae a little bit and think about what students choose to share themselves, um, that, that's important that students understand that. Where colleges will be able to consider it is, is far more nuanced, and I think that's one of the places where colleges are really going to have to make very specific decisions about the information they collect and the, the, um, whether they choose to suppress that information um, in certain places within their evaluation process, um, even if it's temporarily. Um, you know, thinking about, for instance, if they don't consider what a student provides while they're evaluating applicants, if they admit students at that point and they're past the evaluation phase of the application process and they're into the, you know, enrollment process, you know, trying right. to recruit students to say, hey, we'd, congratulations on being admitted. We'd love for you to come to our institution. And here are these programs that we offer for students who have your racial identity. You know, that, those are the type of things about when and how, you know, universities will, um, you know, sort of ignore or set aside that information, but then to bring it back in places where it is past the admission decision phase of that. And that, that's a very nuanced um, decision. It's one that universities are going to be evaluating their processes um, at every stage of the collection, you know, information collection effort, and evaluation effort, working with their university councils to decide what is what allows them to comply with the law um, mm -hmm. that, you know, has been set out by the uh, Supreme Court. Another example, with the same student, if they talk about the resilience they developed being an underrepresented minority student in their school or the community, again, mm -hmm. also permissible. Um, a college, you know, if a, if a student chose to write about how their, their character traits that they've developed as a student of color and how those align to the college's mission, um, mm -hmm. again, permissible. So Now, Sean... There is a perception that this verdict affects only selective colleges. So should students be thinking differently about applying to these elite and selective colleges? And, and also, what guidance would you give students making their college lists? Sure. Well, I mean, I think it, it's important to, to remember that every college, regardless of their selectivity, is impacted by yes. this. Yes. Um, right. And that... Um, as students are looking at the application, I, mean, I think first and foremost, this alone should not dissuade a student from considering any university, regardless of its selectivity. Mm -hmm. What will, what might uh, create different situations and scenarios and decisions for the student to make, and potentially to discuss with their 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 counselor or CBO advisor or whomever there they're seeking you know, guidance from would be to look at what each university's applications um, ask of them and what opportunities those applications provide them to, mm -hmm. if they desire, to discuss, um, again, their identity in context, you know, their racial identity in the context of, again, those, you know, experiences, skills, qualities, and character traits. Um, you might find that, and this is it tends, you know, often the case where 
more selective universities often will have additional supplemental questions and essay prompts that they require or provide as optional opportunities mm -hmm. for students to provide more than just maybe the main Common App essay or the main personal statement that's required. And I think those are going to be the, the, the places where students really will have some decisions to make about uh, what else they provide and are those places where they want to discuss and disclose um, their racial identity in the context that I explained. Or mm -hmm. do they want to talk about something else? I, I think those that, that will be, I, I think, a, an important moment to sort of pause as they're looking at that and say, all right, you know, how do I want to respond to this? Is this a place where I feel comfortable discussing my, my identity in this space, or do I want to talk about an academic area of interest, or I want to talk about the club I led, perhaps not tying it to their identity at all. So I, I don't think that a student, you know, again, should, as they're looking at maybe those schools that are more selective, those, you know, to avoid applying to those simply because, you know, the calculus of selectivity may change a little bit. It's really hard to know what that looks like. I mean, those, those schools that are already selective, are you know going to continue to be selective um, mm -hmm. in a manner that I, I think making any kind of generalization about uh, this at this moment, as of August one when we're recording this, you know is 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 problematic. You know it would be hard to do and probably in problematic. Again, I'd come back to look at looking at the opportunities that a college provides you to discuss who you are to talk about what you've done, to talk about what your your goals are, uh, to talk about, you know, if they give you an opportunity to talk about how you'll contribute to uh, the university community, whatever that might look like as those supplements and other prompts come out. That's mm -hmm. really the place where students should focus, you know, their time and attention on crafting, you know, crafting, you know, meaningful and impactful statements that help each university in their own way, you know, learn more about you and who you are so that they can do the very best they can with, within the, the parameters that they're, um, you know, the recently limited parameters, um, at least related to race, that they, um, that they have available to them. So, Sean, any closing thoughts uh, before we wind down here? Well, I, I, just a couple of things. I, I think that, you know, the, um, you know, I, I had an opportunity because August 1, since the Common App refreshed today, you know, I think there was some curiosity, even though the Common App folks had indicated that there was an, it was their intention to keep the checkboxes and some of the other places in which students provide information about their race or their um, ethnic background, languages, citizenship, and the rest. You know, going through the, the Common Application, all of those opportunities were still there. And okay. I think they're there for really important reasons. Um, and students, you know, should, um, if they, you know, all of those, op those are generally optional questions. Um, and I think students should continue to feel comfortable filling those out. Again, it's not against the law for a student to share and to check that box. How the colleges will use that information is, is a more significant legal matter. But the students should continue to, 
you know, you know, talk about themselves, understanding that that could be a very important way for them to look at um, and be considered for, again, some of those outreach programs or mm-hmm. other things, both before and after the admission decision is made. Um, so I, I hope students will continue to, to do that. Um, I, I think the, you know, and because they don't want to limit access to programs that if they are admitted, that would help them uh, in transitioning to college, learn about other opportunities to um, understand more about the university and other programs that are mm-hmm. there to support students of those identities. They're, you know, not providing that information could, could limit um, how a university can engage in the type of outreach that will become so important in light of the, the court decision. Fabulous, fabulous. So, Sean, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, providing some clarity on this topic and guidance for the students. Um, thank you, as always, for coming on and sharing your points of view and look forward to talking to you more. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean, for taking the time to provide guidance on the Supreme Court decision on college admissions. I hope counselors, students, and parents found it useful. And also take a look at my newsletter at almamatters.substack.com. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash alma matters. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you and keep listening. College Matters. Alma Alma matters. Matters.